I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmine Cherehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today's episode is about scripting with Royce Christian, who's an actor, author, futurist, and documentary film director. His first book, the bestseller, Scripting the Life You Want, is available wherever books are sold. And he's also appeared on numerous shows and films, including Zoe 101, Drake and Josh, and Disney Channel's Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. I'm so excited to welcome Royce to the show. He's also been working on the next season of his show, as well as his next book, a follow-up to Scripting the Life You Want. I highly recommend uh, reading that book. I think I devoured it in like one or two days, and it's really been a powerful uh, experiment with life. Um, He's also teaching a limited number of special workshops in 2022, so you can find more about him at Royce Christian. I'm going to spell the last name, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-N.com. All right. Welcome to the show, Royce. Thank you. I'm kind of blushing. It's like, I don't know who wrote that, but thank you to whoever <laughs> wrote that intro. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I'm That's so excited. always exci- weird for me. I'm like, always like, oh my God. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, I just, I think I sit there like curling up in the ball. That one was, was really nice and kind. So thank you. <laughs> it's so lovely to connect. I feel like this is a long time coming. So I'm just so excited that I get to have you on the show and we get to talk about my favorite topic, which is scripting. Yes. And also, you know, it's so interesting because before the show, we were talking about uh, my next book and it's about future self. And, and, and I think you said you're titling the episode scripting your future self, right? It's fascinating for anybody interested in that concept because scripting the life you want is kind of, my book is very much sort of an, an entry into that world, I think. And I didn't even really think of it that way when I was writing it. But now that I've been working on this next book, which we'll get into and it deals with, you know, utilizing your environment and utilizing the things around you and your office and your home space to affect your future self, but also work with that version of you. Um, This is a really good starting place for, for that book, but it's the point that we're talking, you know, the book's been out for uh, gosh, two, two years now, um, you know, it's such an interesting point for anybody listening, because I think we're going to be able to give people a lot of nuggets of uh, info that are from both books, the, the first one, and then the next one coming out. Yes, yes, amazing. And actually, just to kick it off for our audience who might be very new to scripting and like what that means and how it works, can you just first define it and uh, talk about like, what does it actually mean to, to script? Sure. So, um, you know, I talk about this in the book a little bit, but uh, my my upbringing was very different. I, I had a mom and a grandmother who, instead of sending me off to Sunday school or to temple or, you know, fill in the blank religious 
you know, school during the weekend, as so many kids have to go to in this country, um, I would go learn all sorts of esoteric things. And they would teach me about a name, a topic, you know, throw a stick into the world of spirituality, uh, you know, or anything in that realm. I mean, whether it was tarot cards or learning what, you know, how to protect yourself energetically or what manifesting was, that's, that was my upbringing. You know, I had a very, very, uh, and my great grandmother was that way. Uh, it just goes back and back. So sort of this tradition of, of, of spirituality, even before it was, was, had a word, I would say. Um, and one of the things that I was always fascinated with was the idea of, of manifesting. And, you know, for anybody listening, manifesting is such a loaded word um, because it means so many things to so many people. And I think uh, there's, I could already feel the, the eyeballs getting stuck from rolling. You know, I, I, I get that. I get it because I feel the same way, honestly. But to me, you know, manifesting is consciously creating your own reality. Yes, but it is, I'm all about the science of everything. I'm a huge nerd and I love everything scientific. So I like to say it's, it's creating your own reality, utilizing these spiritual tools that we all have available to us. And even the word spiritual, you know, semantics, whatever, but also learning the science that backs up so much of what manifestation is, especially in the last 10 years, it's, it, which is why I, I am so excited to be able to write books now versus, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. I'm only 34, but I've been working since <laughs> I was nine. Um, and the reason I've been working since I was nine is because uh, I figured out how to manifest, but there was always sort of this issue where, um, you know, writing down intentions or, you know, just kind of thinking about it or visualizing. I'm not a great visualizer. I mean, I, I've been an actor since I was a, a kid and I just, I, people always get surprised, but there was just, you know, there's a lot of different kind of just threads of ways to do things. And to get to your question of what scripting is, um, you know, when I was about 14, 15 years old, um, and my book, scripting the life you want opens this way. Uh, I, my mom handed me a book that changed my life forever. We were actually driving. Uh, I, I grew up on the East coast be, I, right before I moved to LA and we were going on a little vacation to the barrier islands in Virginia. And she handed me a book called, uh, excuse me, your life is waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. And it totally fundamentally changed my life because I felt like it was, here was the information that my mom and grandma had not told me and not purposely, but you know, that there's a very old school style of manifestation, which is about thought, you know, thought, you got to monitor your thoughts and everything has to be positive. And that just felt like garbage to me. <laughs> like it felt impossible. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way. And, you know, excuse me, your life, excuse me, your life is waiting. Uh, they, it's actually based on the teachings of Abraham Hicks and a few other uh, older act uh, teachers of manifestation. But she talks in that book about a bunch of different processes. But what it comes down to is for her, uh, you know, emotions and, and feelings. And that really struck a chord with me. And she had these and I'll, I'll get into what, what I mean by that. But she had a, an exercise called scripting in that book and, and what her version of it was, and this was what scripting was publicly, um, whether it was from Esther Hicks or Lynn Grabhorn or whoever, uh, up until my book came out, scripting was, was <laughs> I'm laughing because I make fun of it in the book, um, all love to everyone I just mentioned, but essentially you would uh, be in your one bedroom apartment and uh, <laughs> talk about how great it was being the president of the United States out loud. And you pretend you're having this phone conversation <laughs> about, uh, you know, just how wonderful uh, the inauguration dinner was and how great it was to, you know, meet all these different dignitaries. And, and meanwhile, you're sounding like a crazy person because you're talking out loud and by yourself and your roommates are probably going, what the hell? And also <laughs> you don't feel very much like you're the president because you're in your one bedroom apartment on Wilshire. Like, so it was, it was, it's fascinating and funny and weird to me that I ended up writing a whole book on scripting because my initial reaction to it was, Ugh. but I tried it anyway and it worked and it worked really well. And it worked like 5% at the time, which to be frank was better than most of the other manifesting exercises that I had, you know, seen or encountered. And, you know, we're, we're talking also about 2003, 2004. So this is uh, about three or four years before The Secret sort of introduced this idea of the law of attraction to the world. 
you know, and I had been learning, I was born in 88. So I'd, I'd been learning all these sort of very, uh, now I would say archaic ways of, of manifestation or tools for a long time. So I, long story short, I was, you know, like I mentioned, I was acting on the East coast. I moved to LA and I was really fortunate. I had, you know, I, the whole team, I had the agents and the manager and the publicist and the lawyer and all, all that fun stuff. And I, I just was not getting the work. I was one time I think my agent called me the the king of screen tests one year I think I tested for like 34 different projects which was amazing to them but to me I was like I would like to actually be in these fucking projects thank you <laughs> so <laughs> um I was like hellbent Yasmin on figuring out how this works because I I was testing all these different methods and that was like I always say my my college in a way I, I I did an accelerated high school program and I graduated early and I moved to LA at 16 so you know I I was working but I also wanted to be doing bigger and better things and my college was sort of just constantly going to the Barnes and Noble at the Grove and buying any new book I could find and devour on on manifesting and trying it out and finally um, after about a year and a half of, of doing a million different things and some of them working and some of them not. I just had this sort of clarifying experience where I was, you know, lamenting to my friend of how I felt like I was so close to figuring it out and it turned out I was. Um, and she said, well, why don't you go to your journal? Like you're journaling, right? Why don't you go back and kind of look at your journal and see what did work? And then it just, yes, I mean, it was like the craziest thing I can ever experience. I, I, I can't even really explain it. I don't, I don't even know if I could do justice to it. I don't know if I do in the book either. I tell the, the longer version, but essentially it was like suddenly it clicked, you know, like it literally clicked. I snapped my fingers for everybody listening. No one can see me. I don't know why I just snapped them, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I ran to my journal and, it, and what she said was sort of irrelevant because it occurred to me, oh my God scripting out loud was the thing that seemed to work the most, but I felt like an, a lunatic. I would go hide in my, at the time, 96 Corolla, you know, and just sort of like talk. It, it was just, it was a mess. But I realized that, wait, what if I woke up and, and when I wake up in the morning, I'd already started doing something instead of a want list, you know, people write down what they want. I had already uh, created my own sort of list that I call, I call it a want list, but it's actually an intention list. And that's the first step of, of scripting, which we could talk about. But basically, instead of saying, I want a million dollars, you'd write, I intend to have a million dollars or easily receive. But the, the right. point is, you want to change the word want to intend and just write a couple a day. And, and I had realized also at that point, uh, that you want to put in mundane things. I call them the magical mundane. So this was a huge key that was already working when I had this epiphany uh, in the few weeks before the epiphany was, you know, putting in things like I intend to have uh, an easy time at the grocery store. I intend to have a fun day at the dentist, like literally the most boring shit you can think of folding that in with the million dollars and wanting the castle or the, you know, or, or, or to end world hunger or whatever it is that you want really like, Folding in the small things with the big things was was seeming to work somehow. And then I had a, a second, you know, this is in a notebook at the time. I, I You could do it on your computer or on your phone even. I do it most of the time now. But, you know, I'd write about five to seven of these, of this want list. I call it, but you'd write it as intention. And then the next page, I would, you know, just do two, whatever two things from the intention list that I believed were the most likely to happen. And sometimes that could be something really big, you know, that could be one of the big ones. Sometimes that would be just, I, I, I would write down, I know that I'm going to have a good day, you know, it could be really basic. So I had that already going for a few weeks and something was sort of moving and working. And I ran up, uh, as my friend suggested to my journal, but I already knew I was like, Oh my God, I got, I've been keeping this journal to kind of keep track of all the different, at that point, honestly, it was almost a thousand different techniques I had tried over years. And I was like, this needs to be a regular journal. And in the morning, first thing when I wake up, I need to pretend it's the end of the day. And I need to think backwards and write as if it's the end of the day and write exactly how my day went. And when I had this moment of clarity, Yasmin, I, everything changed. So I, I went from screen testing constantly to, I booked the lead guest star on uh, Selena Gomez's uh, sitcom on Disney Channel, which is something I had wanted to do for, at that point, months. The show was um, had been in, in the works, I think, since December, and this was uh, June or July. 
And I, it was immediate. And then uh, I started doing this every morning. So I wake up, I do my, just a couple intentions. The whole thing takes five minutes, you know? So I write down a couple intentions, five to seven uh, intentions on my want list. Then I do one or two beliefs and then I'd flip the page and I date it, you know, and I'd say, okay, it's August 3rd, 2035, or, you know, I'm just thinking forward here for anybody listening in the future. <laughs> and even, keep in mind, it is first thing in the morning and I just pretended it was the end of the night. I said, oh, it was a great day. And, and you always want to include whatever you've done, even, and I always suggest people do this before you look at your phone or check your text message. I know I am addicted to my phone like everybody else. <laughs> right, right. Um, I know how hard it is, but I, I and, and trust me, I have, I very open about the fact that I have ADHD and if I can do it, anybody out there can do it. So yeah, you, you would just wake up and you would write it out. And I, that's what I did. I started writing it as if it was the end of the day. And then I still kept my journal at night. And on about the fifth day, I said, huh, well, this is really great. It was working for, for immediate stuff. But for long-term things, I had this other epiphany where on Sundays, instead of, and you can pick any day, I, I, a lot of my clients and former students and people that I work with in classes and workshops, they like Sundays. It just tends to be an easier day. You have less planned, you have less scheduled. It's just, you have more time and you need a little more time for this because normal scripting should take five to 10 minutes in the morning. But I wrote what I call a 10 day script. And on, you know, every Sunday, I would just look at the calendar and go, okay, what's 10 days from today? All right. And I would date it as such. And th there's, you know, a little couple more steps, which people can read about in the book. But essentially, I would do the same thing. I'd write it like a long form journal entry looking back on the past 10 days. And when I did that, that is when my whole world just, you know, blossomed. And I started manifesting and creating so many of these amazing desires that I'd wanted forever. Okay, I'm so sorry I interrupted you. Oh my God, I feel <laughs> no, horrible. Everybody no, listening, I no. promise. It's the I just, ADHD. <laughs> no, 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 this is great. I think, I thank you so much for the backstory and the context. I think like just for our audience, just because we have 70 plus uh, folk, you know, countries listening in with very different kind of understandings of this space. I really like to break it down for people so that it feels digestible yeah. um, and and also something that they can implement right away in their day to day. So just so I'm going to go back to some of the things that you introduced and then we can we can talk about them a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so scripting um, is this process that you discovered where if you write about your day before it happens, like right away, uh, you start with first an intention of how you want to feel and then what your beliefs are about the day. And then you actually write a diary entry as if the day already happened. You also write your actual diary entry at the end of the day to sort of compare notes. So that's like one piece of it, which is like, I would call it daily life scripting. Um, and then the second piece is, um, you know, is, is, uh, about the 10 day scripting, which you like to do on Sundays, um, just because it gives people a lot of space and time, uh, to do like, look at the calendar 10 days out and write about the last 10 days as if it already happened. And in your book, you, you actually use the language. I'm so grateful that, um, I had the best 10 days and here's how it started. Something like that. Like the introduction line, I think is like very right. specific. Right. Yeah. So I, well, and I just, for anybody listening, don't be overwhelmed because it, it, this is, here's what I, here's what I taught everybody to do. And this is so easy these days. Um, I still, I go, go to, go to, go to a pharmacy or grocery store, wherever you can get those, you know, those like, those like dollar, uh, 70 page notebooks that like spiral notebooks, get two of them get two of them. And one of them is going to be your nightly journal. And then in your journal, just do it. it doesn't have to be pages and pages long. It could be five sentences. You know, it can be however long or short you want it to be. And, and just write how at the end of the night, just write how your day went. Do that for a couple of days. And then after you get used to that and sort of in that flow of just writing like a paragraph journal every night, um, look to the other notebook when you wake up in the morning. And you're just going to do three very quick things. And the first one is uh, a want list, which you write as an intention. So just write five to seven intentions, not just for the day, though. These can be really big things or really little things. And look at that list and flip the page and say, what of these things do I believe? the most that are most like, like truly in my heart, like, I know I want these things, but is there one thing on here that I believe is possible? And that's why I encourage people to write these magical mundane things like, you know, having a great time with my best friend at the movies, you know, you know, that's probably going to happen. So write that one or two things down and just change it from I intend to have a great time at the movies to 
I know I'm going to have a great time at the movies. And that, that want list and that intent and the belief list should just take like two, three minutes. And then you're going to flip to the third page and remembering it's first thing in the morning, you're just going to pretend it's like, write it like the journal you've been writing for the last couple nights, write it as if it's the end of the day and you've had your day and write it out, but put in all the things. If you have a schedule that day, or you know, you're going to see a certain person or do a certain thing, fold that in, but also fold in your desires, start building up to, you know, the things that you want, like start like weaving it into your morning script. And the most incredible thing about my, my version of scripting, because I didn't discover scripting as an out loud practice, but this is very, the idea of using it as a writing practice, I, I will take credit for That is mine. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, people get all freaked out by the idea of writing so much. But let me tell you what happens after about two weeks is you will start to not be able to notice the difference between your nightly journal, which is the complete truth, good, bad, ugly, wonderful, whatever happened during your day, and your morning fake journal entry, which is your morning script. And it's, it's wild. And I know, Yasmin, you, you, you've had some success with scripting. And you know, so many people are blown away because they hear that and they go, oh my God, what? Yes. That's not possible, <laughs> but it is. Yes, yes. And I mean, so I can just like share anecdotally when I started doing the daily scripting, um, I had I'd written this 10-part audio miniseries about growing up Iraqi American uh, called Hyphenated Journey. And for three weeks, I wrote well, Now that. I'm going to listen to that. It's called <laughs> Hyphenated Journey. Let's promote that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's so cool. One <laughs> of my best you. friends uh, is Iraqi. So I, I, I think anybody out there listening, that just already uh, sounds like something that you should go out and listen to. Oh, amazing. Well, I'd love to meet him or her because uh, there's, not, there's not that many of us. <laughs> no, no, not in LA <laughs> so, at least. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I started to write down that the show would be selected at the top of the carousel in U.S. Apple on the Apple U.S. Yes, uh, carousel. Yes. And within three weeks, it was. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy. You have a beautiful voice and you sound amazing. And all your listeners obviously listen to you because you're, uh, you're funny and you're wise and smart and you have a wonderful speaking voice. So sometimes people, you know, even when they, you know, I was an actor, I had a lot of things lined up, but as you know, just having that talent and that, that wisdom and all the things you need to create a program like that, or to, you know, maybe get to the last step before you book a TV show like I was doing, there is that extra little piece of magic and scripting helps. And it doesn't just apply to the entertainment industry that we're in, but you know, it really applies to everything. It could be your wedding. It could be successfully cooking your great grandmother's, uh, you know, pudding cake recipe, really <laughs> like, you know, I like how versatile scripting is because, and I love that you had that, that, that just makes me smile. Yes. And, yeah, it was. You know, it, I, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I want people to know, like, they can, um, anybody listening, we're just becoming best friends over, <laughs> over the course of this. So please, please ignore this phone call that you're listening to. Um, no, you know, and if people, if you don't like writing, you know, and the idea of buying notebooks or wasting paper, I use my phone now. I, I have an iPhone. And I use the notes app like, or Evernote is a great program. Um, if you have a laptop, uh, it's an app that you can download. It's free. Um, I'm all about making this free and just as easy as possible. I, I, I get yelled at sometimes by, uh, you know, I won't say who, but just people around me because <laughs> I am always just very openly giving the whole process out because I think everybody should try it. And I also believe that when they try it and see it works, then maybe they'll buy the book or come to a course. You know, oh, I think yeah. everybody should have access to this very simple tool and you can type it. You can write it on your phone. If you don't like the idea of writing a whole page of a script, just start with a sentence or two, really like it will still work. And I'm also very much against the dogma of the new age spirituality, even part of, I hate to say it, but the manifesting community, if you will, because there's this idea that you have to be happy all the time and do these processes <laughs> and you must do this, this meditation every day for the rest of your life till you die or do this manifesting process. <laughs> I am the opposite. <laughs> if you want to put this down for six months, do it. I do that all the time. I will, I will script for a couple of days during the week and then I'll stop for three months and then I'll do it every day religiously for two months and then I'll stop. Like 
anybody out there listening who's been burned or stressed out by any manifesting process you've tried, come come over to the light side. I promise you it's great here. And we are all about openly expressing our emotions and still manifesting the things that we want. <laughs> Amazing. Amen to that. I love yes. that. I love the, the accessibility and the flexibility. And I also want to go back to something you mentioned, which is this book called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, which was like your inspiration, if you will, um, yes. kind of for this world. The funny thing was I had, I'm, you know, I've read probably at this point, like 500 plus books on these topics of spirituality and intuition and manifestation. And, and I had never come across that book until a month before I met, I actually connected with you. Yeah. If you're listening, did you, cause that was the email that I got from Yasmin and that's the reason I, I, I've been working on so many projects. I haven't been doing a lot of these and I read that and I went, well, that's a sign. That's, that's, <laughs> that's something amazing. And, 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 to, and that's, it's, it, it was, it was a New York times bestseller back in, uh, 99 and 2000. And, um, the author unfortunately passed away in 2003, late 2003, early 2004. There's some speculation about there's, there's some, I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure the date, uh, but that's a, another story for another time, but <laughs> people don't, uh, you know, it was years ahead of its time. Um, and like I said, it, it, it heavily relied on the works of, uh, Esther Hicks and Abraham Hicks, but it is, uh, not known the way, you know, it isn't really that well, it's not something that people are picking up. I, I, I'm, I'm happy because of my book. I know that it did, uh, it, it has sold a, it's had a whole new life, you know, that has been breathed into it. So that makes me really happy, but it's not something that you had not read my, my book yet. You found it on your own. And yeah. To, to find the inspiration. I mean, literally, if you're out there <laughs> listening, the first chapter of my book, Scripting the Life You Want, is called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. Like, this is not just a flippant mention. You know, it's something that's that was really crucial to, to, to the story of how I finally figured this out. And just the fact that you found that, how did you, how did you find it? How, how did, did I you find, find it? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to know. Yeah, it's if a great question, Yasmin. We yes. want to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so, when I read that first chapter, I almost fell off my chair because the funny thing oh was, because you spoke about in your chapter, how you had started, started the book and then put it down and then you found yes. it again. And you were like, well, clearly there's like some, a year and a half later, I got mugged and I, and that's a whole other wild story, but go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to give people a, a, a little, you know, breadcrumbs, basically like read the book so that you know, the story of of why this book is so important. Um, cause it's such an incredible, uh, first chapter that I almost fell, fell off my chair because I had done the same thing. I had started it and then put it down. And I was kind of going through like a big transition during that, that period. And then after I read that chapter, I literally picked the book back up and read the oh, whole thing. And I was, and so how I found the book, I was in San Francisco, uh, probably a month before, um, which is where I used to live. And there's this incredible, uh, place, which kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Harry Potter, like kind of one of those, you know, stores of crystals and yes. magic yeah, yeah, and yeah, mystery. Yeah. Um, and I was getting some incense there and, uh, I normally like, you know, take a look at their inventory cause it's usually very eclectic kind of books that you wouldn't normally find at like Barnes and Noble. And they, you know, they have, they have a lot of books there, but for whatever they reason, they have books and new books, just new books. Very cool. Just new books. And they had one copy of Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. Um, <laughs> and I, for whatever reason, I zeroed in on it and I picked it up. And, it, you know, it, it's an old book, so it doesn't actually have like reviews. And I, you know, I kind of yeah, was like... it's very <laughs> old school, <laughs> even very... to this day. Yes. Even though it was written in like the late 90s, I totally know what yeah. you mean. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's it's... Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. It's just, I'm grinning. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a mystery book. You just, you know, and it's got like this kind of old school cover. And so I just, um, brought it up to the front. Um, and I, I said, have you heard about this book? And, and the, the person who owns the store said, um, yeah, it's, it's an excellent book. Uh, you know, I, I just keep ordering copies because people seem to keep buying it. And so I just yeah. said, okay, let me try it. But I, I thought it was so powerful um, because she makes it very fun and accessible to kind of yes. understand this world. And also, which so your work, which is like taking scripting, but then also feeling the feelings of that is like both of those combined, I think for me at least, felt awesome. Just like being able to kind of 
you know, write about it. Um, and I want to actually switch to this concept of the reticular activating system. Cause I first learned about that in your book and awesome. it started to all make sense and click and come together for me in my own mind, um, through that. And, and there's so many things in your book that I still want to talk about. So, um, yeah, so let's actually pivot to what is the reticular activating system and Absolutely. why is this so important? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to point out anybody out there who's on the fence of buying uh, my book. It's not just about spirituality. Actually, half the book is about science, but it's very accessible science because I, when I, when I, you know, I, I knew I've always kind of known that this was where my life was going to go. I, I, I kind of fought it for a while, but you know, I started teaching privately about God eight years ago now, even longer, uh, just to. Uh, long story, but you know, just a lot of real estate people and CEOs and all sorts of just random people. And I, I, I had a moment where I, I told my husband, I was like, Oh God, is this like, I'm doing this. I'm teaching manifesting to these people who are great <laughs> manifestors. Is this what I'm doing now? So, you know, it was, it was a long journey. And when I got to the, um, you know, when I got to actually getting the deal and, and, and deciding I'm going to write books for the rest of my life and, 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 and teach this, I, had, I made myself a promise and a promise to my hopeful, hopefully I had future readers uh, <laughs> that I would do my level best to back up absolutely everything that I write about with science. Because I think in a lot of the um, new age manifesting communities, they have really done themselves a disservice and also done science a disservice by ignoring it or feeling threatened by it, or even worse, uh, misquoting it and completely getting it wrong and not taking the time to actually understand that there is this absolutely real place where science and spirituality are one and connect with each other and actually help each other. I know you had Dr. Mona Sabani on yes. uh, her book, Proof of Spiritual Phenomenon just came out and I was flattered. I just got it in the mail a couple of days ago. And, you know, she talks about how, uh, I, you know, she was, she, and I, this is me totally tuning my own horn, but, you know, she appreciated, she ended up in a workshop. Her, her story is wild. I, I recommend everybody buy that book, Proof of Spiritual Phenomenon, but she was a, one of the top neuroscientists in the world who believed in nothing and then went down this incredible path and realized that, yeah, there is a lot, a lot of things happening spiritually on the other side. Anyway, she had mentioned that she appreciated the, in, in the first workshop she came to of mine, mentioning the reticular activity system and how I talked about it. It's a very sciencey thing that you don't hear in, in, and I don't know who, who really writes about it or talks about it, but I wanted people right off the bat to understand why this works. Why can you write a fake journal entry in the morning? And then at the end of the day, look back and go, wait, that all happened. So there's a couple of reasons. So Yasmin, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use you. I know, you know, all this, but I'm going to kind of use you as my, uh, my scene partner, if you will. But yes, of course. Have you ever lost keys? Like, yes. have you ever just been in your house and <laughs> lost your, I, I, for me, I always lose my phone, my yes. keys and my thermos, my, my reusable water bottle. What do you <laughs> lose? <laughs> the most, I actually lose my thermos the most. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? That's so funny. We are destined to be friend soulmates because I get made fun of by my husband, family and friends all the time because it's giant and bright blue. Me, and wait, somehow, get at, mine is giant and bright blue. Stop. Shut the front door. What? Really? I'm going to send That's, you a picture after. Oh my God. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, okay. Anybody out there, you know, <laughs> if you, you know, lose things that you know you were holding in your hand and you bring them in your house or you're about to leave and you can't find it, even though it's something like a bright blue mug <laughs> or your phone or your keys, your reticular activating system is actually to blame. Um, and, and what it is, it's, it's, it's a system in your brain. And it's sort of like, and I, I'm going to just use the very easy explanation here. I go in a little bit more detail, but it's very easy to grasp and understand what this part of your brain does. And it acts as the filter for your life. Like it is literally the, your brain's filter to eliminate any unessential things to your survival. So it's, it's fascinating because when you're losing, when you come in and you just haphazardly throw your keys or put your thermos down, 
and you go and do a bunch of stuff and then suddenly you can't find it. The reason you can't find it, even if, I mean, Yasmin, have you ever just turned around and it was in this one spot you swore you looked 50 times? Yes, yes. Yes, that (laughs) is because you're, and this is real, this is real science, everybody listening, your brain decided when you walked in and or whenever that whatever point you put your thermos down that that was non-essential information to your core primal survival which is procreation eating you know the the very basic things and you know we forget a lot of times that you know as humans we are we're animals you know at at the end of the day we are part of this whole system of, of beings on this earth yes but you know we have very primal processes still operating within our minds. And I'm, I'm honored that a neuroscientist and a, quite a few doctors back me up and support me. And I've, I've gotten to explore this field uh, really in depth. But where it applies to manifestation and scripting is and where losing your mug uh, or your keys or your phone and not being able to find it applies is. So yes, this your brain's filter has an autopilot, Yasmin. So normally it's just making sure you're safe, making sure that your basic needs are met and knowing where the water is, knowing where the food is, knowing if you're in danger, knowing, you know, it's filtering in those things. Now I know, yes, you could argue a thermos would be hydration, then that would be life. But again, this is a very primal thing. So it would be more apt to notice water or lakes or, you know, things like where fresh water sources are. Um, But the coolest thing about the reticular activating system is it's programmable. It literally will also filter in what you tell it to focus on. So, you know, have you ever had, and you know, it's, it's, it's insane. Cause I, I think I use this example in the book. I should know, but I use this in my classes all the time. Um, you know, if I say I, the, the old example was the queen of England, but I'm not going to use that one right now because <laughs> <Yeah>. unfortunately <laughs> she is everywhere. Um, you know, and I don't mean to, I'm not going to get in the politics of all of it. You know what I mean? There's right. news everywhere. So no one's going to get blown away by this, but let's do, um, what was your favorite cartoon character as a kid? Yasmin? Ooh, favorite cartoon. Or now. Um, I Actually, I, uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Mike, Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Michelangelo. It's a fantastic example. Okay. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Green Guys, cartoon series, awesome show. And Michelangelo was one of the main turtles, but also a very, very famous uh, artist and scientist in the Renaissance. Okay. So if you're listening out there, I'm going to just keep saying Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Say the name of the show one more time. Yes, me. Uh, teenage, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm doing to everybody listening, right? You know what's happening right now. Just do it. <laughs> uh, a, t- a teenage mutant ninja turtles. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. Okay, so now if you've listened to the show, you are going to get to experience your reticular activating system, your RAS or your brain's filter, because I can promise you in the next 72 hours, you are going to see teenage mutant ninja turtles in one form or the other in at least three or four places, or you're going to hear the name Michelangelo or read about that painter or that artist. You're literally going to see it because we have now through talking about it and saying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can't even, it's like, a, that's like a tongue twister, huh? <laughs> um, we have programmed your brain's reticular activating system to be aware and look out for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the coolest (laughs) thing, though, is you can program and deprogram your reticular activating system. And why that applies to manifestation is when you are writing your intentions in the morning and writing your script, you are literally programming that part of your brain to open up and look for all the opportunities, experiences, or things related to the desires you want. I'd love to tell a very quick, even for me, I promise, story that's not in the book. Uh, about a realtor I worked with a few years ago who ended up getting her first multi-million dollar sale, uh, kind of using her reticular activating system through my scripting. Please. Yeah. Please tell us. Okay. This is cool. I love this story. I was so mad because the book (laughs) was written and then this happened and it was too late to put it in. Okay. So I work with a lot of real estate firms all over Southern California. They'll bring me in. I'll do, you know, a day or two long workshop, whatever, yada, yada, yada. So you know, I like to change it up. I'm very much, um, I like to ask my students what they want to learn about or clients, you know, I, I kind of want to feel where they're at. And a lot of times the, the, they have things, especially in the real estate world uh, a few years ago, not as much right now, but that they're stressed about. <laughs> so, um, this one lady, she was lovely and she was, she was younger. She was probably in her early twenties and 
this was a really, really, really high end Beverly Hills on Sunset Boulevard, you know, like one of those offices, Yasmin, like right. the big wig, <laughs> like on the strip, like on the Sunset <laughs> Strip offices. Okay. So, um, a friend of mine, uh, runs a real estate firm there and, and she had brought me in and I, I was meeting, you know, the new hires for the year. It was the end of the year. It was sort of one of their Christmas presents. Hopefully they, they thought it was, I think this one person did, but, um, without giving too much identifying information away, uh, this girl was really upset because she did not make any sales over, you know, at all in the millions, anywhere near the millions. She didn't get any properties. Like she just wasn't getting the type of client that, you know, in all honesty, would keep her at this dream job. She got her dream job, but she was not bringing in the clients or the houses or the the inventory that they needed to sell. Okay. So I said, oh, and she was so upset and bless her heart. I, I'm so thankful for her because she was so honest and raw and in front of her peers, you know, in front of a big group. And I said, listen, do, you know, the three steps we've already outlined, Yasmin, the do your daily want list, do your belief list, do your morning script and your journal. And I want, and I told her all about the reticular activating system. I explained how it's a filter and everything we just talked about. And I said, I promise you, and I, I am, I am confident in the system enough to make this promise to her. I said, I promise you, you're going to get a deal. It was about like December 3rd or 4th before the new year. Like you will, and you're going to be able to stay. It'll be fine. Just do though. You have to do what I said. So she did it diligently. And it wasn't even, I think it was about a, a week and a day later she was on her way to get her coffee. She always walked to the same coffee shop, same route every single day. And on the way, it was a, it was a pretty, you know, it was a, it was kind of like a lunch coffee break, if you will, because it was, it was like an hour <laughs> she would get each day. And she walked past these same stores and there was a bookstore uh, that she passed every single day. And this one time after doing this process for uh, a week and a half and getting to, or a week and a day and getting to know her brain's filter, the RAS, she noticed that a very, very well-known, I, I can't say his name for obvious reasons, but uh, someone we would all know in most countries, person was giving a book talk and known for being very wealthy and very smart. And she loved this guy. And instead of getting coffee, she ran in because he was giving a talk. He was there. It was advertised, big, you know, big poster on the front. And he was right at the end of his talk, but she got to see about like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So she was excited. And afterwards, she made her way up to him. And they got to talking. Long story short, she would gotten a well, almost got in a ton of trouble because she was so <laughs> late going back to work. But he loved her so much. He had a property. He doesn't live here uh, full time at all, but he had a property worth quite a bit of money in the in the high millions, and offered to let her sell it for him. And the craziest thing about all of this was not that she got her manifestation of getting finally that million dollar property, which she ended up selling, by the way, um, and not meeting this this idol of hers, but was that the bookstore, I, the clerk, I don't know if it was the owner, I think it was just someone who worked there. She asked like, you know, why wasn't this poster out? Like, I you know I would have come and been, <laughs> they go, it's been out there for a month. So she had been passing <laughs> this poster that literally she almost missed, but she didn't changed it changed her whole life had you know because she got the the thing that she wanted and she was able to stay and she's still there actually I actually recently talked to her for the first time in a couple of years and she uses it you know the scripting process all the time but what had happened was she didn't write down yasmin you know i intend to see this famous person that everybody knows and loves and i love too at a bookstore she was intending to get a million dollar listing that was her intention and what her brain's reticular activating system did was it it was now on high alert she had been writing it every day it's like programming a computer she, it knew to look for the opportunities or the people or you know it expands past what you write on your intention because if your intention is clear which hers was it was looking for opportunity and you know you could argue that the reticular activating system is one of the the core pieces to what people call the law of attraction or manifesting because if you figure out how to program your brain's ras this filter which ps is very easy don't trust anybody who says it's hard <laughs> run if they do um it's just <laughs> as easy as making a list that you know that might be the big key here to understanding a lot of how manifesting works and there's my short story that was very long but i, love I, it. I think it will help a lot of people yes yes i love it i love it i think um I'd also like love to share, maybe you can walk us through an example for people. Like what are the three big topics that everyone wants to manifest? Like you, home Ooh. is home is one, maybe like a nicer, bigger home. Um, maybe it's like 
health, wellness. Uh, you know, it's 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 so interesting. It's changed recently, and and I and I, you're the first person to ask me this in a long time. Um, and I, I changed for the better, I would say. So a lot of a lot of I, I've been so busy with the book and then uh, my TV show and just you know I haven't been able to do as many classes. Um, I had to stop doing one on ones. I might do a few next year. We'll see. But I love doing workshops with people, um, especially on Zoom nowadays. Oh my god! I could you know one class <laughs> I had twenty two countries represented. That was the coolest thing ever. But you know the wants have changed. I think just as a result of just the pandemic and, 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 and whatever's going on. I mean, so many countries are having so much political stuff going on in every way, the war. And, and it's fascinating because before I would have said, yes, home, money, health, that's the main three, but it has changed. And really it's amazing. There's sort of this altruism happening. Um, cause I always dig deep with people and I go, well, what do you want? Okay, let's get through that. Why do you want that? And once you really dig down a little bit, you find that people really want to help the world right now or help. I don't know what the word is for it, Yasmin, but people are being very altruistic. There's this, this sense of wanting to give back to the community, to the world, to certain countries. Um, and it's fascinating to me because, you know, the, the one thing, I mean, let's face it about the world of law of attraction manifesting, it's very self I, I, I driven, you know, it's, it's very much about, and that's fine. That's great. Whatever. You know, it's very much about, I, you know, giving yourself things, giving yourself a house and money and a car and love. And this shift of, of one of the core things being, I want to make sure all these kids are helped or fed or, you know, healed or all of these people are safe. And it's been a really interesting pivot and I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. But right now I would say the top three are, uh, health, um, home, fi finding a home, uh, and that kind of ties into money, honestly, both of those things, and finding a way to make an impact with the world, whether that's their, you know, small community or on a, on a, on a greater scale. Oh, that's so, so, so beautiful. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> makes me I know, I'm like, I just, I have like almost teary eyes. It's, it's, uh, you're the first to ask. I've been telling my husband and a couple of friends for a few months now, I'm like, something is changing. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've noticed that as well. I think that as a human race, we're just like not the same we're not the same coming out of the pandemic and how can you be? No. Right. And I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, we're not the same. And yes, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it shifted everything. That was what was wild about even my book. It came out, uh, you know, the, the release date for the U S was April 7th, 2020. And we were too like, we had a whole like literal world book tour scheduled uh, and it just was completely, which I had to be, was just scrapped. I mean, I remember, uh, recording the audiobook like a month before the book came out, like the first week of March. And just every day it was like, you know, my publisher and my publicists were writing me and going, okay, this is going to be pushed up. Okay. We're canceling this. And I was like, Oh no. <sighs> um, but I love that, you know, people, it turned out like to read or listen to audiobooks during the <laughs> pandemic because I've had so many, I think I've met so many, so many people, even Dr. Mona Savani that I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I met her because I had to switch one of the, uh, the East West books in Palo Alto is one of the best and the biggest, I think, spiritual bookstore in the country. Uh, you know, I had all these events planned there and I ended up doing them on Zoom. And that's how we met. I think so many other people have had that experience where they've met friends or, you know, learned new skills or have, you know, worked on themselves in a way I don't think they ever would have before. And now, you know, slowly creeping out of it, uh, of the pandemic, I think people are, are evolved and changed. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so happy to hear that. And uh, Royce, I, you know, we're actually coming up at time, which is, is oh no, there's, I know there's so many more questions. <laughs> I will have to have you on the show again uh, yeah, I'd to, love to, to definitely talk about everything, future self, and um, I, I still wanted to talk about the Reddit group of random knots. But I think you know, I'd love to actually before we sort of transition into closing, um, talking about memes and the importance oh, of yes. memes. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, go ahead. I, 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 I do you want me to just kind of talk broadly? Cause people hear it and they go, what? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Maybe introduce okay. like what, what you mentioned in the book and like any other reflections you've had. Sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> so if you want to know the truth, um, you know, memetics is something that is, reminds me 
of a T-Rex or a picture fill in the blank, giant animal, wild animal that we, and we meaning the scientific community, um, some of us in the spiritual community don't quite know how to tame yet. Uh, and what that really means is that it's, it's something that is, I think, going to provide a ton of answers. And it reminds me of some of the breakthroughs happening in medicine right now. It's if when we hit it with it, not that it's health related necessarily, but as far as the, the, the gravity of how important it is for us to really understand memes and memetics, I think is going to be and feel like these breakthroughs that we've been having, you know, in the health world and science worlds recently. Um, so when people hear memes, and I'm sure so many of you listening out there, I was the same way. Don't worry. Um, that you guys are probably thinking about, um, you know, stupid pictures on Facebook or online or, you know, weird little, uh, you know, pictures of a celebrity with, with words over them that are funny. And yes, that is a meme, but memetics is going to blow your mind. I'm going to try to do this as fast as I can. And I, I, I really encourage people to, um, if they read anything, just get my book and go to chapter nine. It is probably, I, I could confidently say, I think one of, I, I tried to get everything for my readers. I tried, I read about 50 books over the last few years because what was happening is people were not manifesting some of the big things or they would manifest these really great things in their lives and then something horrible would happen or they would, you know, lose their their lover or, you know, lose a bunch of money. Like, and, and it was this, it was so crazy, Yasmin. And, um, you know, we can, I'd love to come back and talk about this, you know, at length, but I had these clients that these are, you know, high net worth individuals who are usually pretty good and stable when they manifest things. And I was looking at it like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing wrong? Something's wrong. Like, and I had even had that experience where I would manifest huge things and then maybe something bad would happen or something weird come to find out as I'm talking to, you know, in some case, some of these billionaires and these very, very wealthy or famous people that, Oh, that's normal. And I'm like, that is not normal. Like they were saying to me that that happens a lot. Something really bad will happen after they, they create something really good, whether they used to refer to it as manifesting, you know, now they do, but and I was like, no, there's something wrong here, everybody. That sounds pretty <laughs> horrible. You guys are all just okay with this? Okay, nope, I'm going to figure this out. So I'm a research nerd, science nerd, and I stumbled basically upon this uh, world of memetics. Now, what memes are is a... It's. A, I'm just going to... I'm actually going to read. I think that's the best way to do it. Um the one of my favorite quotes uh, from uh, Richard Brody's book, Virus of the Mind. Um, and essentially, it's I'll say this, if we have genes, which are akin to physical, um, memes are the cultural building blocks. And I'm just going to quote here. All right, quote, the meme, which rhymes with beam is the basic building block of culture in the same way the gene is the basic building block of life. Memes are not only the building blocks of culture on a large scale, making up cultures, languages and religions, but also also on a small scale, memes are the building blocks of your mind, the programming of your mental computer. And, you know, I, I, I use that quote all the time because I want people to focus on that last line, which is that, and these are very, very, as you know, Yasmin, very uh, distinguished, respected scientists who have written these books on memetics. Um, but saying that a meme is the building block of your mind the programming of your brain's computer is is kind of uh, uh oh to someone who teaches manifesting because we're we're told that we have complete control over everything that we create in our lives and that you know we control our thoughts and we control our uh you know everything that we bring in and and there's uh Richard Dawkins who's you know a Funnily enough, an uh, evolutionary scientist uh, who I'm sure many is very controversial, but he actually coined the term meme. Hmm. And they this idea that they spread like a virus, that culture is spreadable. Um, and I'm going to just read one more quote from Richard Dawkins, which is memes are tunes, so songs, ideas, catchphrases, clothes, fashion, ways of making pots or building arches, so the ways we do things. Just as genes propagate themselves in the gene pool by leaping from body to body via sperm or eggs, memes propagate themselves in the meme pool by leaping from brain to brain via a process which, in the broad sense, can be called imitation. 
Um, if a scientist hears or reads about a good idea, he passes it on to his colleagues and students. He mentions it in his articles and letters. If the idea catches on, it can be said to propagate itself, spreading from brain to brain. So when you think about what do we call it now, you guys mean that that was written, by the way, in the 70s, wow. um, which, my God, what, for almost 50 years ago, because I think it was very early 70s. But what do we call it now, Yasmin? Um, we call viral. it viral. Yeah. Things go viral. And what really is something that goes viral? Um, and it, it's so much bigger than that, but I think for, since we have a, a small amount of time here, it's important for people to understand essentially memetics are spread through imitation. So, you know, even you, uh, I spread the meme of excuse me, your life is waiting. And so did I, that book, you know, just, it's, it's how we talk to each other. It's songs that get stuck in your head. It's, um, you know, it's basically everything that makes up culture. There's this whole other aspect and what they, what they have found and these scientists who studied it, I mean, there's a big push for it, uh, especially in the eighties and nineties. And they kind of ended the, their books on a depressing note. Uh, it has changed since then. And I talk about this in the book, but they, these, you know, very atheist in many ways, in many cases, scientists who are studying memetics, which is trying to figure out how culture spreads and how, you know, why do we go to the opera? There's nothing essential to our survival about, even though opera is beautiful, but about having that exist. There is a cultural aspect to our lives that is more akin to a gene or something that spreads like a virus than I think we've realized. And when I real when I, started just diving into this. Um, the funny thing was at the end of these books, they would just go, well, we figured out when you meditate that it seems to kind of clear any negative memes. Cause you can have, you know, memetics can be inner city poverty. It could be, uh, poverty in general. It can be war. Memes can also be positive things. It can be, you know, uh, going to the doctor. It can be creating a new medicine. It could be, you know, what going to the spa. Like these are all cultural habits we have. And they're so ingrained into us that they, what I discovered is they affect our manifestations. And that was, you know, that was very, uh, I guess, upsetting and groundbreaking to some people when I publicly said this, but, you know, as it turned out, it was true. And I knew it was because this whole idea of, well, we create everything in our reality. If you've attracted something bad, then that is on you. Uh, doesn't hold up when you look at the science behind memetics. And the great news is, I, in, you know, this was years ago, I figured out a way to undo any of these, uh, memes, if you will, that we we all have them. The, the Many of them are good. The fact that we brush our teeth is a good meme. You know, these are just think of it as a cultural or uh, societal habit or, 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 or thing that we do or thing that you do every day. And there's so many in the way I talk about how they get layered in. And, you know, yes, there's the, you know, the, the people who go, oh, it's all mind control. And we're all programmed by advertisements and ads and everything. And like, those are memes. Everything is, is a meme, basically. I mean, images, especially I, I love to talk about because our, our brains, you know, we, we think of them in these supercomputers, they are, but there is still once again, tying back to what we first talked about in the beginning, this very primal aspect. And I always liken words in a way, uh, when we're talking about memetics, uh, and it's funny because I wrote a book on scripting, but words in a way are the equivalent of trying to shove a DVD into a VCR player. Uh, meaning the way that our brain takes in information that it soaks it in the fastest is actually through pictures and images. And look at how we started out communicating, Yasmin, hieroglyphs, um, look at look at the you know, pictures, the cave paintings, the 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 way that we've communicated mimetically and just societally and through culture is through pictures. So what I had to sort of rationalize and kind of bring together was how do we use scripting, but then fix this thing where people are having, we're having some weird stuff, not everybody, but would have weird stuff happen. And I discovered the intersection point between memetics and uh, the science of memes and memetics and manifestation. And there's a really simple tool, which is uh, a, a, a sort of a, a vision board on steroids, if you will, that I created that helps people undo any negative uh, memetic things that might be going on in their lives. And it works really well. And it's really simple. Um, but even if you don't want to buy the book, just, and you're hearing this, just start doing vision boards and put words and pictures on them and try your best to, uh, start small and kind of go in order. If you want to move to Hawaii, you know, what real estate company are you going to use there and here? You know, what banks are you going to use when you move to Hawaii? What grocery stores are there? Put those pictures on, you know, start including everything and that, sort of, uh, it's, I know it's, it's one of those things where people go, what, but trust me, uh, in the one minute I have to say that is a really 
great way. I go through the process in my book, but that is a great way to start undoing them. And I explain why that's a good way to undo any negative memes. But I know I could talk forever about memetics and I hope, <laughs> oh, did that work? Was that okay? I'm yeah. kind of like, yes, okay. that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. So for folks starting out, um, doing like words and pictures and images, and I, it's funny because when I would create vision boards, um, and put them on my refrigerator, I swear, you know, everything on it would come true. I had a oh, yeah. 10X. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it funnels into your reticular activating system and memetics. It's actually just basically you're installing your own memes, if you will. Um, and I'm talking about, like I said, it's a very different kind of meme than what I, most people think of. Uh, and that's, I think, I always say, like, the, the most clever thing that if memes were alive, you know, that, that they've accomplished is convincing the world that they're just funny little pictures and not <laughs> the culture that we like rely and reside in. Mm, yeah. And it's so interesting. I mean, it's like really, when you dissect your thoughts, like we're always creating these like pictures and images of what things represent in our mind. So yes. it is. It and is we're getting a- fed that too. We're getting fed that. And I don't mean in a conspiracy crazy way. Like, you know, we are getting fed by our own. I mean, we do it to ourselves too. And it's not all bad. Like, but we do, you know, we put in images, whether we're watching TV or reading or whatever, like, you know, like you said, we're always kind of we have these images kind of playing in the background, but they affect not just our behaviors, but also, you know, if our behaviors create and our, and our thoughts create our reality, and that is what equals what we manifest, then understanding how important and impactful memes are and also just images and words in general. Um, I tell people to look around their house. It's a really easy, fun <laughs> thing to do. And if, you know, you'd be shocked. I was shocked the first time I did it, like how many weird words we have up or lonely looking people or, you know, people that look sad or just very angry images, take them down, put other stuff up, put stuff that's happy, uplifting and, and, and empowering. Even if you love that painting, that's so heartbreaking and sorrowful, you might want to take a look at where <laughs> your life is manifesting wise. It sounds crazy, but those very little, little switches help a lot. Oh, yes, yes. And so we had uh, Marie Diamond on the show and uh, she does like- She's one of my my teachers. She's a great friend. Oh, no I way. Wow. Yeah. When did you have her on? Uh, must have been like a year ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's great. We are, we're actually going to have lunch next week. That's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. You'll have to tell her that I say hello. She's- <laughs> I absolutely will. That's so great. She's. If anybody out there is listening, if you want to learn any, it's not just feng shui because I, I actually am, uh, I learned dowsing from her. And it just will change your whole life. She has what she's one of the top, and I'm seriously saying this, best teachers of all things spiritual that I've ever encountered. The fact that she only got five minutes in the secret is a crime. Um, (laughs) But she is one of the, I mean, you can learn, even if you don't care about feng shui, you will learn so much. There's so many talks online. I just can't, I cannot give her enough credit. She has guided me in my journey, especially over these past couple years, um, so much. And she's just a fantastic resource. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah, I had uh, had such a strong uh, connection with her as well. I, I her work really that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I because you and I have one, and she's the best. Oh my god, <laughs> amazing! So, um, so Royce, where can people find you? You have obviously a TV show as well as a book. Uh, where can we yeah, find all this? So I great think we're fine. Yeah, so you can um, you can go to my website. So it is my name, but so it's like a Rolls Royce. It's R O Y C E. So think of Rolls Royce, and then thank my great grandpa for the Christian spelling. But it's like Christ Y N. So C H R I S T Y N. So RoyceChristian.com. Uh, the book is scripting the life you want. There is. Suppose I think if I, I I'm almost uh, afraid to say this, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if <laughs> if what my team told me is correct, uh, you should be able to go to scriptingbook.com pretty soon, um, and that will take you to my hard to spell name website. But it's RoyceChristian.com, and I'm on um, you know I'm on social media. I'm trying to get on there full time, but uh, you can find my book wherever books are sold. And I'm so excited because uh, this is my first book, and it is it's been translated into Spanish. It's going to be released globally October 4th. Uh, Scripting the Life You Want is coming out in Spanish all over the world. Uh, and it's also going to be not only in print wherever books are sold and, uh, you know, on ebook form, but, uh, we, they, the publisher hired an incredible uh, voice actor to, uh, do the Spanish audiobook uh, for this. Cause this is one of those books that's really great, uh, to listen to uh, via audiobook. I'm not 
personally a huge audiobook person, but once I saw the response from my own book uh, and, and audiobook, I, I understand how how this book specifically can help people because you could sort of, you know, listen along and 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 also do the processes along with me. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, I believe my show airs in the UK, but I believe uh, they are. I have to talk to my producer, but I think it is in October that the episodes from the first season should be available. Um, and I'm uh, on streaming. Uh, I think it's going to be, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but I will have an announcement on my YouTube. And I think, and I know there will be a few episodes uh, from season one up on my YouTube. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but if you are in the UK, uh, it's on Sky Showcase. Uh, we are moving to Monday nights, but it's uh, not on right now till uh, November. So check out my website for the full time and date and channel and all that good stuff. But I think season one should be available here in the States to watch. And I, I love it because people can learn all about scripting, but I interview scientists and spiritual people and sort of uh, Marie was on, on that show too, but we had a uh, Francis Fisher who was in, of course, Titanic, you know, one of the biggest movies of all time. And she had I, one of the best manifesting stories I've ever experienced. And that's one of my favorite episodes. And that's going to be available on my YouTube uh, pretty shortly. So um, we had all sorts of fascinating guests and uh, I hope people will will like it and buy the book and listen to your show because your show is amazing. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Royce. And we'll include the links uh, in the show notes so that people can navigate and find it very Great. easily. But I'm personally very interested in the show. So I'm super excited to check it out. And I'm also excited about your upcoming book, um, the, the new book. And uh, I think just for good measure, I'm going to reread um, your your current book because I think it's... Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited for the new book. I, I always say like, you know, like, you know, if an artist does well, their second album, a lot of times that's... It used to be that that was the, <laughs> the, the bomb, but now they that's when they tour. Like if they have a, like the second album takes off, that's a lot of times the one. And I feel like people are going to really respond to this in a, in a different way. I hope, I hope it's the, the, the equivalent of the album that lets the band tour. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm happy with whatever, but I, there will be a tour no matter what, because authors get to see that, but you know what I mean? Yes. I, yes. Really, oh. It's not titled, but it is going to, it's, it's all new and very easy to use information, but it is, I, it has, I've done, I've, I'm my own guinea pig, and so as my family, I've done more in the last three years researching this. I, I, my life has changed for the better in more ways, to the point of having insane things like getting checks for $200,000 completely unexpectedly, seriously, in the mail, um, which will be in that book. Like What I learned and figured out, this giant key is going to help so many people. So I'm so excited. It's untitled right now, but it'll be out next year. So just keep an eye out for that. And of course, you'll know all about it, Yasmin. Yes. So your listener. <laughs> yes. Oh, now I'm intrigued. What's the giant key? <laughs> uh -huh. You got to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reading scripting the life you want is good for, is good for, for freshening up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will ready. do that. I'm very interested in future self. We spoke about that. And, yes. Uh, been, a lot about that. We too. talked a lot about that. So we'll have to have you back on the show and, and do just a whole future self segment because I think it's I've I also been to. researching uh, a lot of folks in the space and I'm excited to ch exchange notes and, and hear what you yes <laughs> me too uh oh all right you're gonna hear me again hope everybody wasn't too annoyed by my ADHD rambling high-pitched voice no I'm kidding oh <laughs> you have such a wealth of knowledge I feel like there's so much to talk about and oh uh, you're yeah, so sweet really... I feel like it's such a geek and nerd I'm like that kid at school is like hey, let's listen to all the science <laughs> but whatever that's good I guess <laughs> so people are responding. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> amazing it's like you got the right brain left brain mix and i think that is so 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 important because a lot of people usually focus on one or the other so well, that's what you have too i think that's what makes your journey and your podcast so awesome so Aww. i'm grateful for you <laughs> thank you royce thank you and for our audience thanks for joining and for listening in this episode we learned about scripting your future self with royce christian and you can tune in to gateways to awakening where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.